Oh my god, it's actually time to talk about some real football. Yes, 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 yes. I am your host, Tipper Trap. I am back from the motherland, baby, and I'm ready to talk some football. Yay, yay. And I am here with my brother. One of the only two twins that is going to win you a fantasy championship. Mark my words. Jason Patrop, what's good? I cannot match Tim's enthusiasm. Nah, I'm, I'm a can. fucking psych. <laughs> but I can tell you we're going to bring you some chips and I'm ready to do it. That's right. Michael can't be with us right now because he's out here in the fantasy world doing fantasy business things. He's out in, in Vegas with the FFPC um, doing the, uh, the, the high stakes fantasy stuff out there the all the, the big dr- boy the big boy drafts are all this weekend and michael is the guy who's kind of uh in charge of the whole thing so michael out here doing big boy fantasy stuff if you don't know we're not even only plugged into the pulse of of fantasy football we're also in the in the in the game baby uh and we're gonna try to get you in the game starting off with the thursday night football game but before that we got intro music baby let's play it the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins but when, when, what, what, now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yes, we are here and i can't wait to get started uh before we get started we want to thank our studio sponsors red cup news check out red cup uh on instagram red cup news on instagram they have a large following where you can get the best college sports um coverage ever and we're on it now so you can get the best fantasy football coverage of all time also don't forget ThriveFantasy.com, we've partnered with them. They are a new DFS site for over and unders and all prop bets. Basically, fantasy football, right? Because what is fantasy football is basically prop bets. You are betting that this person's going to have more yards, this person's going to have more points. Go to ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive app and put in $10 and the promo code BRODO and you will get a free $10. And you could turn that $10 free money. We like to get you guys free money here, whether it's winning fantasy championships or Thrive Fantasy. Starting next week, we're going to be doing something even better. We're, we're giving this week the trial run because we don't want to give you over and unders and, and be wrong. But um, next week, we're starting the Thrive Five, where we're going to give you five picks for over-unders that are our favorite of the weekend. And don't forget to use our promo code. Uh, play with us. Uh, play with everyone else. Win some money. All right? This is a, this is a newer company. So... They're willing to give you some money. Go get it. I might even get frisky and throw my Thrive 5 on uh, Twitter on Saturday, maybe. Oh, hmm. Jason getting out here. Hmm. So let's, let's talk about, before we go over there, Jason, there is actual football to be played tomorrow night. I literally, I, I can't believe it. Like, I keep thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, you know, I got some schoolwork, yada, yada. There's football. That's right. <laughs> there's football. and I'm going to watch football. That's right. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Sunday's our first game uh, to play, too. Jason, our quarterback, of course, is is missing the season because he's doing big boy things up in Ithaca, uh, NY, uh, in law school. So we're, we are we're going to miss him. Uh, that's for sure. Johnny taking over the quarterback reigns. Uh, Michael's still wide receiver one. So And Tim's still tight end one. So we're still out here. Um, but without any – oh, I just want to mention before we start this that um, – this is my first episode where Brodo is going to be my primary uh, my primary outlet 
source of when you hear me on a microphone is going to be with the Brother yeah, Fantasy yeah. podcast. Yeah, yay is right. Um, I uh, VM. Uh, a lot of people left VM, and then it was just me and Nick. And you know, to a little bit behind the scenes, I almost quit my job for VM last year at this time uh, to take it on full time. And uh, the guys decided that it wouldn't be a good idea. So that kind of you know that kind of gave me an inkling that they weren't in it 100. percent And then as the year went on. Uh, the three of the guys were not in it 100%, Nick, Joe, Boss. Um, not Nick, I'm sorry, MP, Joe, Boss. And it was just left to me and Nick. Uh, me and Nick talked it out, and we kind of decided that we'd be go- better off just going our separate ways. Like, we have we have a really good relationship or whatever. Like, we're still friends, all of us. It's just that we decided that we we're going to do separate things. So here I am. I'm here uh, with my bros, Brodo Fantasy or Die, as they say. So the reason why I chose Brodo Fantasy because I'm good at this shit. And I know that my brothers are good at this shit, and we're trying to yep. make you good at this shit. So without any yep. further ado, let's begin with the Bears and the Packers on opening day. Um, for those of you who uh, don't know, uh, the Packers and Bears, uh, I mean the Bears are my pick for Super Bowl champions. The champions are the fo- of the Super Bowl. So let's get right into these matchups, and let's start hot, man. Uh, let's start with the backfield. Um, David Montgomery, the rookie, he was going in, a, in early in drafts. For me, um, I'm ranked in the 98th percentile in Yahoo. Not that I'm like you know flexing a little bit, but subtle flex, hoping to get into that 99th percentile this year. So there's a there's a special thing where you could join a league with only people who are in that percentile. And I took David Montgomery in the fourth round of a 10-man draft. Um, that's where he's basically going. Um, the Green Bay Packers defense, they lose um, they lose Mike Daniels, but they the reason they can use, lose Mike Daniels is because they made a lot of free agent pickups on the defensive end. They got the Ravens linebacker, Zadarius Smith. They also have Preston Smith, so they added some Smiths. Um, Darnell Savage, who changed his number to 21, so he could be 21 Savage. Fire! Wow, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Uh, and then you, and then you have uh, Adrian Amos coming over from the Bears. So the the Packers defense is going to be a lot better. But at the same time, you have Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy did not play any of his starters at all in the entire preseason. None of them. They got no reps. So David, I mean Montgomery got some reps reps in the first drive of the first preseason game, a couple of drives, and then he was gone. We didn't see him again. We didn't see any of these guys. So we only have last year and our projections to go off of. So with that being said, David Montgomery, Jason, how do you like him this week? This week I don't love him. I mean, it just there's a lot of question marks around the Bears' offenses first week because we haven't seen them play. And Montgomery's a rookie, and they brought in Mike Davis. And if you look at the depth chart, which obviously isn't always the best indicator, David Montgomery's the third running back on that depth chart. And you look at their opponent, the Packers, who historically have a very um, very good bouts where the Packers come out ahead a lot. And at the end of last season, in games that the Bears lost, Tariq Cohen was seeing double-digit targets every time. So if the Packers go ahead, are we going to see Montgomery's work dialed back? Is Mike Davis going to be the main early down back? I'd be okay with shying away from Montgomery this week if you have decent options to replace him. All right, so let's say let's talk about it. A guy who just became the starter, Matt Breida. Would you start Montgomery or Breida this week? Breida. Mm, interesting. Would you start Montgomery or his teammate, Tevin Coleman? Breida's teammate, Tevin Coleman. Right, Breida's teammate. <sighs> did it, did, 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 I'd go Montgomery. 
Angel, what about uh, Montgomery or a guy who's kind of splitting time that you don't know about, like James White? Probably White. So, yeah, you're you're a little bit low on Montgomery. What about Tariq Cohen? You mentioned that he's done some um, some work against the Packers in the past. Personally, I like Montgomery this week. I think you can run him out there. I think that Matt Nagy is not going to waste any time. He's going to come out swinging. Um, I think you can start both of these backs this week, although the – Packers do have a good defensive line. It, I, when it comes to Green Bay, they have so many new guys on the team, and I mean they are bringing back some time. They're bringing back Kenny Clark, who's one of the better interior defensive linemen in the in the game. But besides that, you have two rookies starting. You got two guys that are from Baltimore um, on the linebacking core. Blake Martinez is not the best linebacker. He's not the worst linebacker, but he's not the best. So. You have a whole bunch of you have a, a couple of guys who can are they going to succeed in their first game against a pretty good offensive line? I think I'm willing to take my chance on the rookie on the offense with the great offensive line rather than the the unexperienced defense in that system on the Packers side. So I do like both running backs. How do you feel about Cohen? Uh, as I said earlier, I think that Cohen's a good uh, player in games where the Bears are likely going to be trailing. And I don't know if you're going to say they're likely going to be trailing. Rodgers, historically, isn't great in Chicago. But it's going to be a close game. So Cohen should see a decent amount of um, work. I think he's a solid flex. I I wouldn't call him a running back, too, this week. Uh, I'm not going to be as definite with my um, placements on my rankings in this recording, FYI, just because my rankings are not completely done yet. They'll be done either after this or Thursday morning or something of that sort. But they will be done. So go to BrodyFantasy.com. Michael's as well. Uh, uh, but Cohen, I have as a flex play. Trey Burton, probably not going to play. Should we waste time talking about Adam Shaheen? No. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Yeah, you're not starting Adam Shaheen unless you're desperate. All right. So let's go over to the wide receivers. Um, let's talk about Anthony Miller because I think he's the most intriguing of the bunch. Um, he would have a matchup with uh, Kevin King, who's not the best of cornerbacks obviously uh anthony miller someone that i was high on he's practicing he looks healthy um but he hasn't practiced in a while are are you comfortable running anthony miller out there because you probably got him in the ninth to 13th round depending on where your draft's going yeah i mean you mentioned kevin king the other packers corners i mean they have tony brown who's a undrafted rookie they have tremont williams a 36 year old jair alexander yeah so, but who's going to be on Anthony Miller? Not the big names that they have. Right. So there is upside there. Is he someone I'm going to throw out as a wide receiver three confidently at the moment? No, because we're not sure what his role is on the team yet. I know you and Michael can see a very big jump for him this season. But as of now, he's a wide receiver four at best. And Allen Robinson? Who, who, who I, personally, we were on record saying that we do not like Allen Robinson at his ADP this year. But if you have Allen Robinson on your team, you paid up. So uh, what do you think about Allen Robinson? I think he's going to be a boring wide receiver three. If you look at what he did last year against the Packers, four catches, 61 yards, and three catches, 54 yards. Now, this was a year ago, and things change. But there was a lot of that from A-Rob last year. It's not like he had big games. So if you want a boring... 460 game throw him in as your wide receiver three but i don't see much upside in this matchup staying with uh, the wide, staying with the wide receivers what about taylor gabriel Are you taking a dart throw at him you know as i said the depth chart for the packers isn't very deep so i think gabriel does have some appeal not necessarily in redraft leagues maybe if you're in a dfs tournament want to grab a cheap wide receiver who could break a long run yeah because taylor gabriel has 
speed. Uh, I think King is dealing with a hamstring injury at the moment, so if they get matched up, he might not be able to stay with Gabriel. So that's something to keep an eye on. And finally, the last player, fantasy viable player on this side, my man, the NFL MVP this season. Mark my words. Oh my goodness. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a little bit too much, but uh, I I anticipate a great deal of um, movement up. I have him in multiple leagues. Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback, uh, obviously a, a double-edged sword with him. He could run, he could pass. How do you feel about him against this Packers defense on opening night? Mitch Trubisky is preliminarily my uh, quarterback 13 on the week. I very much like him this week. Uh, that's seven above where the rest of Fantasy Pros has him at the moment. So that's what I mean when I say I like him, even though he's just outside of the quarterback one range. Last year, the Packers gave up more than 15 fantasy points to every single quarterback they face except for three. Like, they're basically, if you face them, you're going to be a high-end quarterback, too. That's a given. And if Trubisky uses his legs a little bit, throws a couple touchdowns, he's going to be a quarterback one this week. Uh, his rushing ability is an understated part of his game. Before we move on to the Packers side of the ball, let's talk about um, the fact that if you're new to Brodo Fantasy, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, we got a bunch of new listeners over the summer, so fire. Thank you so much for joining us. Um the the spiel, the shtick that we have is that uh, we talk about every single fantasy viable player in every single game, and you and we give you the outlook of every player. So even as someone like Taylor Gabriel, who if you're listening to um, whatever fantasy show uh, on ESPN or a podcast or wherever, they're not going to be talking about guys like that. They're not going to be talking about guys that aren't on the um, quote-unquote, you know, uh, what could I say? Like the the main guys, uh, they're going to be arguing Julio Jones or Keenan Allen. We know that if you have Keenan Allen and you have Julio Jones, you're playing them. So yeah, we're going to talk about them. But really, the where the championships are made is that um, decision you make at wide receiver three, that decision you make in your flex, that decision you make at running back two, um, that decision you make at quarterback if you're streaming, at tight end if you're streaming, and it, those pickups you make for going forward. So. That's where we really excel, and that's where we want you uh, to be. So, yeah, just wanted to let you know that and that we're going to be going over every single fantasy viable player because uh, that's, that's how we do. So let's go over to the Packers in this game. Well, before that, how do you like the Bears' defense? Uh, the Bears' defense, if you draft them, you're probably starting them because for some you reason have people draft defenses early. So yeah. if you're drafting defense early, then that means you're drafting the Bears early. Um, they're the, one of the best offenses in the league and I'm going to hop right into Aaron Rodgers because this goes to the Bears defense. That's Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown for more than 275 yards against them since 2014. Damn. Last year he had uh, his last three meetings in Chicago no touchdowns, four touchdowns, no touchdowns. The four touchdown game he threw for under 200 yards so you could chalk that up to a little bit of luck or just uh, red zone efficiency that we're not likely not going to see again. So I don't love Rodgers this week. Right now he's my quarterback 12, penciled in at the back end of QB1. And that tells you that the uh, Bears defense is still a decent play. Look, the Bears defense is littered with all pro-type talent. Um, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, um, Eddie Jackson, one of the most underrated players uh, in the game. A second year of Trayvon Smith, uh, Danny Trevathan, uh, ha-ha Clinton Dix replaces Adrian Amos. He's not Adrian Amos, but he's a good player in his own right. 
you have the Kyle Fuller, Prince Mukamara cornerback combination that was so effective last year, but there is one player who did not return, and that's Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan, probably the best slot corner in the league. He's replaced by Buster Screen. Yuck. Um, yeah. Um, now, to be fair, um, Prince Mukamara and Kyle Fuller weren't great before Khalil Mack got there. Um, so a lot of the pressure that Khalil Mack brings and the team in general brings probably has to do with their play and their increase in the play. Now, Buster Screen in the slot, Geronimo Allison coming out of the slot this year. So we're going to start with Geronimo Allison. Um, do you like him as a play this week? Geronimo Allison is someone that I do like as a wide receiver for flex play, potentially wide receiver three if you decide to go running back heavy in the beginning of your drafts and you're in a pretty deep draft. Because as you said, Buster Screen is their slot corner, and we watched Buster Screen get torched week in and week out and destroy the hopes and dreams of the Jets every single week. And sure, it's a better defense now, but I'm not putting my money on Buster Screen being great his first game in a new defense. Allison's a big slot receiver. Uh, they said he's gonna they're going to use him as a big slot guy in Matt LaFleur's offense. If I'm choosing between Allison and Scantling, with Scantling going up, probably going to line up on Kyle Fuller's side most of the time. Allison's someone I like as a wide receiver floor, for. Scantling's probably someone I don't want to touch all week. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from Scantling this week. Now, that's not to say we don't like MVS, Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling, by the way, but he's someone that we're going to avoid this week because of that defensive matchup. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams, you're never avoiding Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have a note on him. It's Devontae Adams. What His worst game last year was like wide receiver. 10 over the course of the season. Yeah, and he's going to get peppered. That Michael said. He's going to get peppered with targets. Um, An interesting test here is for a guy that a lot of people spent a third-round pick on, Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones, um, they the Matt LaFleur system, the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur says he wants to run more. Um, everyone thinks that's going to be mean big-time uh, uptick for Aaron Jones, who led the league in yards per carry last season. Now, it, that stat does it, it is a little bit tricky because he had he had very little carries. So was the success because they weren't expecting the run, or is the success because he's good? I think it's mostly because he's good. Um, but we're gonna find out here against the number one running defense in the entire NFL last year with all their guys coming back. Um, Aaron Jones, where does he fall for you this week? Back end RB two. Um, me and Michael are very high in Jones for the season outlook, but in Chicago, week one in a new offense. This isn't a week that you're going to be super excited about starting him, and it just has to be that way. Last year, the Bears allowed four rushing touchdowns. The Bears' run defense also had... They allowed like three running backs to pass 50 yards last season or some crazy number like that. I believe it was that number. So when we're dealing with this, we're looking at a guy who's not likely to have success this week. You're probably going to hope that he finds the end zone. But if this is a good new offense and Aaron Jones is going to be great this season, this is a nice test. And I'll, I'd roll him out as RB2. Yeah, I mean, you can't not play him. Um, but anyone against the Bears defense, you're going to have a little bit of um, worries about. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game in Chicago for the first game. I think both teams uh, I, both teams are going to come out a little excited. Um, the, it might be slow to start. And then I, I think it's going to be like a 10-7 game at halftime and then end up being something like 27 24. So I, I think that you're in for a uh, thing where almost everyone disappoints you for the first half, and then the second half, 
most of your guys are having at least decent games. But when it comes to being a running back one for Aaron Jones, it's going to be difficult against this this squad. Let's move over to the next game, the Miami Dolphins versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's start we with gotta, my, I don't want to talk about him, but we got to talk about Jimmy Graham. Oh, that's right. Yeah, all right, Jimmy Graham. So talk about him. Last year in his two games against the Bears, <laughs> two catches, eight yards, three catches, 32 yards. Place him on your bench. Yes. Place him on waivers and call it a day. Yeah. Um, I had an argument with a guy on Twitter over the offseason that said, if Jimmy Graham had four more touchdowns, he would be a tight end one. I was like, well, if anyone in the NFL had four more touchdowns, they'd be a blank one, fill in the blank. Like, just giving especially the guy four end. more touchdowns. Fuck out of here. Tight yeah, end. especially tight end. Like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, if you only had four more touchdowns. Yeah. If I only had four million more dollars, I'd be rich. Fuck out of here. Um... Let, let's go. Let's now move over to the Baltimore Ravens um, versus the Miami Dolphins. I think the best play in this game is the Ravens' defense, if I'm being honest with you. I, I, I love the Ravens' defense in this one. I mean, yeah. What's not to love? They're very good defense, and the Dolphins are throwing out Fitzmagic and the rest of their not very talented offense. So the Ravens' D is a great play. I think the, the main thing that we're going to look at here is Kenyon Drake gets the nod as a starting running back. Um, everyone was on the Kalen Balaj bandwagon, and then everyone saw that Kalen Balaj is not that good of a running back. Uh, Kenyon Drake, on the other hand, is a good running back. But he is facing a defense that has lost a lot of pieces but had has added um, Earl Thomas, who we all know is like a quarterback back there. They still have Tony Jefferson in one of the best quarter, uh, corner, I mean, safety combinations out there. A name that... I know this is a fantasy show, but on the name that I want people to remember is Matthew Judon. Uh, Matthew Judon is going to be a good player for them. He's the outside linebacker. Um, the names on the Baltimore Ravens defense don't look as impressive as they did at one time, but it's still the Baltimore Ravens defense. How are you looking at Kenyon Drake? And let, let's talk about Kalen Balazs, too. I'm not going to talk about Kalen Balazs because Kalen Balazs is a terrible football player, and I really mean that. And you saw in spring training how in spring training in the preseason – then he looked dreadful when he was giving the ball because I just really think he's not a good runner. No offense, Caleb Balaj, if you're listening. But um, reports nowadays, um, very very close to the season, are coming out that Kenyon Drake's going to be the main back. He's going to get a lot of work and he's going to get a lot of touches. Something we've been trying to tell you guys for a very long time. So this week, though, very tough task. Um, the Ravens top five in the league in rushing defense for yards, rushing defense for touchdowns, um, uh, best in the league for. Um, yards per target to running backs. Really not a good matchup here. Completely new offense. Fitzpatrick isn't the doesn't throw to his running backs too often. Drake is a flex pay at best this week. Yeah, it's it's tough with Ryan. If Josh Rosen was the corner was the quarterback, I'd be a little bit higher. But it's it's tough when Ryan Fitzpatrick almost never run, throws to running backs. I just want to point out one of the reasons why I love the the defense of the Ravens so much is because of the horrible, horrible offensive line in Miami um they just traded their best offensive lineman to the Texans so they are replacing him with Julian Davenport who it PFF had him ranked as a 54 on the entire offensive line for the Miami Dolphins the highest grade that PFF gave that offensive line was a 55.6 out of 100 not out of 60 out of 100 so it, you get the impression that this is gonna might be a sack fest, and poor Ryan Fitzpatrick might leave the game with a broken everything. Um, with that being said, um, the outside guys, Devontae Parker, um, Albert Wilson, 
if you want to add on, because Kenny Stills is out now, if you want to add on Preston Williams, if that's how you want to talk about it, uh, do you like any of the wide receivers from Miami this week? I I mean, can you really like any of the players this week? If, I, if I'm going to go with anyone, it's Albert Wilson just because he's coming out of the slot. Um, Brandon Carr is getting up there in age. Uh, the slot cornerback for the Ravens. Still a good player, though. Devontae Parker has been a myth his entire career. People want him to be more than he is. I'm just staying away from the Dolphins in this game. Yeah, easy. That's an easy one. Stay away from the Dolphins in this one. Um, Mike Isecki? No. Nick O'Leary? Just got to no. say the names because that's how we do. Let's move Don't over. Smythe. <laughs> Let's move over to the Ravens. Um, I think this is going to be a good opportunity for Lamar Jackson to come out and get started real early and get some confidence under his belt. Um, Lamar Jackson, one of the most underrated fantasy quarterbacks. People don't understand how valuable running is for fantasy quarterbacks. That's why I really love a guy like Mitch Trubisky, Lamar Jackson. Me and Jason are on the same page in this one, but Josh Allen. I really love these guys full season because when you are averaging 60 yards on the on the ground and maybe a touchdown rushing, that's an 11 point. That's 11 points before you even start throwing the ball. So you could be a sucky thrower and still get 25 points out of these guys. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is a QB one this week easily. How do you feel about Lamar Jackson? You know where I have him in my rankings at the moment. Where? QB four. So you're high on him too. It is. This is the week for Lamar Jackson. He's going to want to come out, prove that he's the guy on this offense, and what better to do it against the team with Xavier Howard on the outside, very a good, very good cornerback, a decent pass defense. They're going to run the ball. That's what they want to do. That's how you should attack the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson averages, I mean, insane amount of rushing yards per game. Last season, he broke the rushing record, even though he didn't start until the end of the year. If he ends up with 100 rushing yards and a touchdown, he doesn't need to do much through the air to be a QB1. Yeah, uh, I agree. I am in love with uh, Lamar Jackson this week. With that being said, though, I'm not that in love with his weapons on the outside. Um, Hollywood Brown's still out. So a guy that's making a lot of noise in the fantasy community, rookie wide receiver Miles Boykin, who kind of um, just is, is a spark score darling. Um, Willie Sneed, of course, in the outside. Um, <laughs> Seth Roberts, the infamous. Uh, are you starting any of the wide receivers against a... Again, if you're going to see one strength on this Dolphins team, it is their secondary with Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones and, and those guys. Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick. Those guys, are they're, they're good players. Yeah, and um, as we mentioned, Lamar Jackson is going to be good this year, this week and year because of his rushing ability. So I don't want... Hollywood Brown, I don't want Boykin, I don't want Sneed. The most passes Lamar Jackson completed last season were 14 in a game. Yeah. So don't give me any of that. I'm not going to start probably every week I'm going to say that. Yeah, um, I, I don't, don't see start a, the Ravens wide receivers. Unless Lamar Jackson surprises us and becomes the the thrower he was in college. Um, he's going to have to throw it, though, and you know I love this guy. I am all over this guy. I, I probably have more of his of shares in Mark Andrews than anyone else. I love Mark Andrews. I think he's a steal in fantasy drafts. Um, he was one of the one of the only rookies uh, in NFL history to get over 500 yards in his rookie year, and I think that he's going to be Lamar Jackson's number one target, and I love him against a team that's starting th- uh, three rookies on the defensive line and with a weak linebacking course uh, that just traded Kiko Alonso, which 
honestly is probably a, an upgrade because Kiko, Kiko Alonso was one of the worst linebackers in the league last year, especially when it came to coverage. Uh, I love me some Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be a top five tight end this week. How do you feel, Jason? Uh, I don't know if we're going to see the volume necessary for that. I have him as a back end tight end one, just be kind of by default because of how weak tight ends are, and he can he can see some nice targets and be a nice yak tight end for Lamar Jackson. But if we're talking about the Dolphins, we're talking about a team that and the Ravens. This is a game that's not going to be exciting and high scoring. The over under, I'm pretty sure I have it, is wait, give me a second. Boom, boom. Okay, thirty seven and a half. That's a low over. Oh, damn, that is yeah. really low. God. Yeah. <laughs> So there's probably not going to be a lot of passing in this game. I mean, on the Dolphin side, probably. But for the Ravens, they're going to run the ball, control the clock, and do their thing. So Andrews could. You'll probably be upset if he doesn't catch a touchdown, in my opinion. Crowded backfield, of course. Mark Ingram, the new guy. Uh, Gus Edwards, who had a great year last season that everyone is sleeping on, I think. I think Gus Edwards gets some burn. And everyone's favorite up-and-comer, Justice Hill, Um do you like the prospects of the running backs this week? I, I, from the, what you've said already, and facing a rookie, a, a, a defensive line with three rookies on it, um, I could tell you like them. Yeah, uh, the Ravens averaged like almost forty-five rushes a game under Lamar Jackson last year. That includes Lamar Jackson, but that's a lot of rushes. And the Dolphins allowed a shitload of yards per carry, over four point four, I believe, last season. Um, a decent amount of touchdowns almost every week. And sure, we're going to want to see how this plays out, right? We don't know if Justice Hill is going to end up being a lead back, um, what Gus Edwards' role is going to be. They did get rid of Kenneth Dixon, finally, after holding on to him forever. But Mark Ingram is presumably the lead guy right now, and if you drafted him, you put up decent draft capital, and it's a game like this where you want to use him. So he's a solid RB2. He'll likely, you'll likely be happy with Mark Ingram's stats by the end of the week. Let's move on to our next game, the Carolina Panthers and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, let's start over on the Panthers side. One of the biggest additions in this offseason that no one's talking about is Matt Paredes, at the center. One of the better centers in the game comes in, and he's protecting a quarterback that needs protection. Cam Newton, after starting 6-2, and two, hurt that rotator cuff, and the, the spiral began for this Carolina Panthers team. With that being said, though, Cam Newton according to every report and everyone that's looked at him, is healthy. Um, how do you like Cam Newton in this game? This is a game where you drafted Cam Newton for. Uh, if you look at, I mean, yes, the Rams have a good defense, right? But there's shootout potential because they also have a very good offense. There is, Cam there Newton is, is at home. big shootout potential here. Yeah, Cam Newton's at home, and he's also, in contrast to the other game, this over-under is 50 and a half, which is almost 12 more than what I just said, if I recall correctly. So the... It's a good defense with Cam Newton. You want him to run a little bit, and you want him to be in a shootout, and this game has that written all over it. So you didn't draft Cam Newton to sit him against the Rams. Uh, just just to put a little perspective and a little bit of a definition of what Jason's saying, over-under is a Vegas term. It's a, it's a betting term of how many points Vegas thinks is going to be scored. You bet on over or under that. And it's a really good indicator of how the game is going to go because these guys in Vegas, they know what the hell they're talking about. That's how they make all the money. So if a game has a high over-under, then it's likely that that'll be a shootout and it's likely you'll get better um, stats out of the dudes in that game. Um, one, one other thing, this is week one too. So uh, as we go on in the season, you're going to hear us get more numbery. But you can't, you can't, the NFL is a, a, a turnover league and Nothing stays the same. 
And there's a lot of new players on this on this Los Angeles Rams defense. Eric Weddle is a big, big addition. Uh, Clay Matthews is a big, big addition. Right? Uh, you you have other guys. Aaron Donald is he? He's probably going to be just as good uh, as last year. Nickel Roby Coleman uh, still in the slot. Uh, is Marcus Peters still going to be terrible like he was last year? Right? You have a brand new free safety in Taylor Rapp who's going to be playing. So. You don't know exactly where these defenses are yet. You could only go by what you get last year. So if you don't hear us stating like this guy, what these guys rated this and this and this and that and this and that, if you're hearing that from other fantasy player people, it's kind of irresponsible because you cannot assume that. You start doing that after week four, week five. But over here, you're gonna have to go over the, the kind of the overall stuff. So if this has shootout potential, I want the players in it. Talking about the wide receivers on on the Panthers, DJ Moore and everyone's favorite. Curtis Samuel. Uh, also, you could throw Jarius Wright in the mix. Do you like the pass catchers in this game for Cam Newton? Not necessarily. Yeah, I uh, I really like Samuels in this game, it's man. It's tough. I don't know, man. The Rams have a keep to leave. They have Marcus Peters. Uh, the you know they're still Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson. We don't. They the have Panthers. Marcus. They have Marcus Peters is the reason why I love them because I think they're gonna go. They can go over the top on Marcus Peters and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are both over the top kind of guys. All right, I suppose I see your point, but I think that there's Christian McCaffrey, there's Greg Olson. They don't need to throw to wide receivers to be a successful offense. There's Cam Newton's legs, and I just don't love the. I wasn't buying into them before the season, and now I'm not really into them this week. It's just. You know, they can be wide receiver threes. I'm probably going to have them in my wide receiver three range. It's a shootout potential, decent game. But when you're talking about Cam Newton, who's not a great thrower, and you're talking about a defense that's pretty good, I kind of like Cam Newton because of his legs this week. I think that he's going to be healthy. He's going to run the ball. It's week one. It's the healthiest we're going to see him, presumably. So I don't love more in Samuel, but you could, if you started them, you're probably going to have them in your lineup if you drafted them. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think that DJ Moore has a chance to be a wide receiver one this year, this week. Uh, and I think that the overreaction that you're going to hear on all the fantasy shows next year, week is going to be, is DJ Moore a wide receiver one for the remainder of the season? People are going to be sold on him. I really so think he's going to have that kind of a game. Do we have a bet brewing? What? That what? DJ Moore ends as a top. You could take 15. Mm. Sure. I'll, 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 give I'll you make that bet. I'll give you 18. Oh, then hell yeah, I'll take that bet. I'm, I'm supposed to take 15, bro. What are you doing? I, I don't Yeah, you said what yeah. Are you doing? I'm done. That's too late now. I'm, I'm, I'm taking right, 18. I'm going <laughs> to text Michael, our uh, our bet genie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe someone else should take it because Michael, quote unquote, won all the bets last week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's because he did it all. Um, what about Greg Olson? Last year, we talked about how washed Greg Olson was, but he did have a couple of good games when he came back. He kind of proved us wrong uh, a little bit, and it's a, it's a very, very bad tight end field, and Clay Matthews is not is not the type of guy who's going to be uh, great in coverage. Um, neither is Corey Littleton. So, Greg Olson, how do you like him? Yeah, I mean, I don't love him over the season, but the Panthers allowed an insane almost 14 yards per reception to tight ends last year. The Rams. They're, they're, um, they're best on the line and on the secondary. They're not best in the middle of the field. And that's where Greg Olson is going to be running his routes. So I have him at tight end 14 at the moment. Uh, he's a decent option if you're weak at tight end. 
Michael just it, Michael just texted us like, yo, I want in on that bet too. He's gonna be under. You'll see. You'll all see. Um, <laughs> a guy that you guys mentioned not liking as much as the consensus is Christian McCaffrey because people forget Christian McCaffrey did not get that volume that he got after um, after Cam Newton wasn't able to throw. Uh, before, I'm sorry, before the injury, after Cam Newton wasn't able to throw, he got a lot more targets because he used a short throw. Now, you have DJ Moore in his second year. You have Curtis Samuel. You have a healthy Greg Olson. Um, I think, I mean, obviously you're starting McCaffrey in this game, uh, obviously, but what can you expect out of him? I mean, a, a good amount, right? This is a game where you want to start him. The Rams were not great on the run last year. The Wade Phillips effect, apparently. Wade Phillips can't stop the run. And in today's day and age, it doesn't really matter because it's a passing league. But they did lose Ndamukong Sue as well, um, someone there to clog up the middle. Not like they can get worse at stopping the run, but McCaffrey's going to get his on the ground, and then he's going to catch passes from Cam Newton. As I said earlier, there's um, they're the Rams' best players are on the outside and on the line uh, for pass rush, so it's a good opportunity for Christian McCaffrey to catch passes as well, similar to the Greg Olson fold that I was just talking about. So it's going to be a great week for McCaffrey. Let's go over to the Rams and Jared Goff. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Jared Goff signs a giant extension. Um, Is he going to come out and light the world on fire against these uh, improved, I would say, uh, this, it, look, it's an improved defense. They add Gerald McCoy, who's one of the better offensive offseason additions. Um, they add Brian Burns, who you can't automatically say that he's going to be a great pass rusher, but at Florida State, he was a fucking beast, and he's so fast, and he has such physical gifts that you assume that he can be. Um, so, with that being said, Jared Goff. Also, they have Ross Cockrell coming back after missing the season last year. Um, he graded out as a really good nickel corner in 15, 16, and 17. So if you can get back, that's a big uh, upgrade. But their corners have never been their, their strength. Um, what do you say about Jared Goff and the outside weapons, Cooks, Cups, and Woods? Yeah, I think that you missed the most important news, which is that Cooper Cup is back. And if you look at Jared Goff's career, he's a completely different quarterback with Cup in the lineup. Cup seems to be his safety blanket and also his red zone target. It's just a nice rapport those two have. And Goff just looks a lot more comfortable with Cup in the lineup. Add that in with Todd Gurley dealing with potentially an eased back workload. Um, a decent over-under here projection for Vegas. And Jerry Goff becomes a decent back-end QB1 option. I'm going to have him in the mid-teens. I don't love him, but I could see why you're starting him. I don't think that the Rams are a pretty run-heavy team if you look at the numbers. Uh it doesn't seem like it because they have three wide receivers who perform well, but that's just because it's a four-headed attack. It's a three wide receivers and the running back. So when you do that, you can have enough for all those guys to go around. So I think that Cooks, Woods, and Cup will all be valuable this week per usual. Robert Woods with his usual eight catches, 80 yards, hopefully he gets a touchdown because he's going to go from wide receiver two to wide receiver one. You could count on that basically every week. Brandon Cooks is the best deep threat. On that team, uh, Dante Jackson is probably going to be stuck on him there, but Dante Jackson isn't the best corner on earth. And then Cooper Cup is the most, obviously the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's tough to predict here. He, he tore his ACL just 10 months ago. But apparently looks he's looked very explosive, very healthy, and the slot corner for the Panthers is also coming off an injury, Ross Cockrell. 
So if we're dealing with that, you're going to have injured on injured. So then they cancel out, and you could expect <laughs> Cooper Cup to do uh, normal things. <laughs> insight. That's what's called insight. Nah, but for real, though, Jay Glazer was one of the best in the business and one, always connected, always has his finger on the pulse of the NFL. He says that Cooper Cup, in every one of his tests, graded higher than he graded on the combi- in the combine after coming back from the injury. I don't know if he's a superhuman. I don't know if he's well, secretly then. Wolverine. But if you can get a better version of Cooper Cup, I, I love me some Cooper Cup this season. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to draft him in any drafts. Um, he's gotten either sniped from me or I've just been a little too gun-shy to pull the trigger. But I really think Cooper Cup has maybe an opportunity, if he comes back healthy, to again cement himself as a high-end wide receiver too, maybe even sneak into that low-end wide receiver one range. Um, the billion-dollar question, is Todd Gurley healthy? Um, Malcolm Brown looks like the backup. So all those people that were drafting Daryl Henderson, he looks more like a handcuff. Malcolm Brown looks more like the guy who's going to get the carries that are not girly. Uh, if you're, if you're looking at the preseason, it could just be McVay, um, doing McVay things, but I, I would, I would, I don't know. I would, I would argue that he's not keeping the rookie out just to make people confused, um, that Malcolm Brown's the backup, but it looked like Malcolm Brown is getting backup reps. Um, but let's not worry about the backups right now. Todd Gurley. Is he healthy? Obviously, you're not Nostradamus. You can't tell us that question. But if you had to make an educated guess, and if you had to uh, say what to expect out of him from this game, what say you? Yeah, well, uh, I rubbed the lamp earlier, and one of my wishes was to know about Todd Gurley's health. And it turns out that he's decently healthy, according (laughs) to the genie. So I expect a decent week from Todd Gurley. If you look at what the Panthers did last year, they weren't very good on the ground. Um, They averaged a pretty high yards per carry. They're good at stopping through the air uh, to running backs. And so I ex- expect Todd Gurley to get a decent amount of rush game work. The idea was that Daryl Henderson's going to fit the Chris Thompson role in this offense, or at least that's what McVay's been saying. This isn't the best game to see what Henderson can do with that work, but it's also the not the worst game for Gurley to give that work up against a team that's good against um, running backs out of the backfield. So I expect Gurley to get a decent amount of rushes to find the end zone maybe once. He's going to be a, a solid RB1. How do you like Gerald Everett in this game? I think Gerald Everett's a fun DFS play. Uh, the Panthers don't have the best tight end defense. Everett just has to break off one catch for a touchdown, and you have a nice bargain there, but I'm not going to start him in redraft. I like Gerald Everett's talent. I just don't like his opportunity. There's just so many people there That's um, why that, that needs to be play. fed. He could make a play if he gets the work, but will he? Right, right. Um, all right, so let's move on to our next game, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Redskins. Let's start on the on the Eagles side because the Redskins side is probably not going to take out long. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, Deshaun Jackson is healthy. He's practicing. Um, there was a scare there that he wasn't going to practice. There's, it always seems like a scare with Deshaun Jackson, always. Um, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, also Nelson Aguilar, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is the pass-catching options against a team where this is a weak team. But if you had to, again, pick out one um, strength of this team, it's definitely the secondary. Uh, they still have Josh Norman, who's still a good player, and they just signed Landon Collins away from the Giants, who is also a very good player. Um, what do you say about the pass-catching options here in Philadelphia? You know, it's tough. Um, I, I'm specifically talking about Deshaun Jackson right now because he recently broke a finger, but all the reports at the camp are that him and Carson Wentz are connecting on bombs every single game. 
And we've seen Carson Wentz connect with Nelson Aguilar deep a million times. He throws a very pretty deep ball. He does. And Deshaun Jackson's the best guy to throw those to. It's a tough matchup if he's hurt, and he might be a decoy out there. But Deshaun Jackson's one play a one play away every game. And they have Josh Norman and Quinton Dunbar on the team. Dunbar is faster than Norman. Norman's probably going to be on Jeffrey. Jackson can burn Quinton Dunbar. So I'm cool. And it's not a good team, the Redskins. So I'm cool with um, Deshaun Jackson as a wide receiver three. I don't want to touch Nelson Aguilar um, coming out of the slot. It seems like the Eagles are ready to move on from him. They're bringing some people in. Drafted J-Jaw, got D-Jax. Aguilar's role was cut down at the end of last season. I don't want to touch Nelson Aguilar and then Alshon Jeffrey. Go up against Josh Norman, probably. You know, I talked about it in the heat wave. Jeffrey basically averages four to five catches, 60 yards and a half touchdown a game, something along those lines. That's something you could expect. He's a decent option to do that, although in his career he struggled against Norman. His best game against him has been 5-59-1. Um, after that, it gets even uglier without a touchdown. So this is a decent bust game for Jeffrey, but if you think about that, then that just opens it up more for Deshaun Jackson or Zach Ertz. Yeah, let's talk about Zach Ertz, a guy that I think people are sleeping on a little bit. A lot of the consensus is there's no way that Zach Ertz can do what he did last year. And my response to that is, why not? Um, this team obviously likes him. This team obviously likes throwing to him. He had a rapport. It's not like uh, Nick Foles came in and all of a sudden he was good. Uh, he had a Good rapport, Carson Wentz, when he was in. Um, there's no reason to think that he won't be peppered with targets again. There's A lot of people are lauding the weapons on the Eagles, and there are a lot of good weapons on the Eagles. But in no way is Alshon Jeffrey a number one, a premier number one receiver. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's days of being a, a number one receiver, even when he was in his prime, he was never really a number one. But putting up number one stats, those days are gone. Zach Ertz is still the primary pass catcher on that team, and I like him in this game, and I like him season long. And if you look at who the Redskins have now at safety, uh, Landon Collins didn't fare very well against tight ends. I honestly thought he was overrated his entire career. And, um, I mean, he does things well, of course, but covering tight ends is not something that he's done well in the past. And Zach Ertz has a fair share of killing the Giants with Landon Collins on him. Yep. And now he's just going to do it against a different division opponent. So this is a good game for Ertz. Yeah, I like I like Ertz a lot in this season. To to back up your point against the Giants last year, um, forty three yards and a touchdown in the first game, ninety one yards and a touchdown in the second game. So um, he played very well against the Giants last year, and uh, that again was with Landon Collins on the squad. That's why we're talking about against the Giants. Um, also killed the Redskins last year. So uh, when you're talking about Actually, no, he did not kill it. Well, one was in week 17. That's probably why not. 83 yards and no touchdowns, uh, but on nine receptions. Yeah, the amount of receptions that this guy gets, the fact that people are, are low on him really is mind-boggling. I think it's just one of those things where everyone's like, there's no way he can do it again. Um, yes, he can. Um, let's talk about the running game. Last year, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of injuries on this Washington defensive line. If there's a strength on this on this team, it's the defense, and the defensive line is not too bad, although I, there are a lot of overrated players. I think Robert Kerrigan, I mean, um, I'm sorry, uh, Ryan Kerrigan is overrated. Um, they add Montez Sweat, who's more of a pass rusher. Uh, the running backs, you got Jordan Howard, uh, who was in some trade rumors for uh, Melvin Gordon, 
this week, but rumor has it the Eagles turned down that trade offer. Um, I'm sorry, the Chargers turned down that trade offer. No, I'm sorry, the Eagles. My bad. Um, you got him. You got the rookie coming out, Miles Sanders, second-round pick. So if you spend second-round draft capital on a running back, you know he's probably going to get burned. Darren Sproles is still there. Um, how do you see the backfield shaking out in Philly in this game? You know, it's probably not a good sign for Jordan Howard that they were willing to part with him right before the season started. And if you look at draft capital, you have a sixth-round pick for him. Sanders was I mean, a second-round pick. It was the it was the Eagles that said no to that trade. All right, fine, I guess. Are you sure about that? I don't think so, because the Chargers were not getting a lot at all. They were just swapping picks and getting and swapping Melko and Howard. It right. was a pretty awful deal. Yeah, they weren't getting anything. Well, either way, this week, um, I don't expect too much from all of them. It's tough because, you know, this will be a great matchup later in the year. But what do we really know? What do we know about this offense right now? I think Miles Sanders has upside. I would start him as a flex play. Jordan Howard, I'd be a little bit less enthusiastic as a flex play. Uh, Darren Sproles, still there. Um, still probably going to get a few carries and a few touches just to be an asshole to Sanders and Howard. <laughs> And if they're going to split carries, it's a game where you want to split carries. It's the Redskins they're playing. It's a game that they're probably going to lead. But 15 carries a piece, if they don't find the end zone, you're probably going to be disappointed. So they're no more than flex plays in my eyes this week with Sanders with a slight edge over Howard. Uh, for me, it's the other way around. I think they're both flex plays. But I think Howard, because of his um, – he is he is the veteran. I think he gets the first crack at it. I think that – uh, they brought him in, and people forget, yo, Jordan Howard, he can't catch a pass, but he was super effective on the ground last year. Um, I think that they're going to – he he fits that J.H.I. mold uh, kind of, and I think they both get some burn, but I, I kind of like Jordan Howard. I think that you could play both of them if you're desperate, um, but probably not. Like if you're a guy who drafted Tony Pollard and you wanted him to start and you have Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders, like I'm cool. I'm cool sticking him in instead of Tony Pollard. Um, I'm cool sticking them in instead of, you know, AP, uh, which is who we're going to talk about now on the other side. Um, so let's go over to the Redskins. Um, not much to like here fantasy-wise. Well, we got to talk about Carson Wentz. Oh, right. Car uh, my bad. Carson Wentz, QB1 for me. Start him. Lock and load. The only issue here is game script. Yeah. That's okay. the only thing you dislike about this matchup. I think that's why Deshaun Jackson isn't super high on my on my list. Because I think that he's if he does catch one, it's gonna have to ha it's gonna have to be in the first half because this game might be out of reach. All right, yeah, I mean I I could see that. All right, so let's go over to the Redskins side. Again, pass catchers, you're not excited. Jordan Reed's still in concussion protocol. This is like his seventh or eighth concussion, so he's gonna be in that protocol, and who knows when he's gonna get out. Um, Josh Richardson and a fantasy darling, Terry McLaurin. Um, people are all over Terry McLaurin as, as a guy who could have some fantasy value this year. Um, guys, listen to this. The left side of the Washington Redskins offensive line consists of Eric Flowers, one of the worst offensive linemen in the history of football, and, B and Donald Penn. Yes, that Donald Penn who retired. They got him off the street like a week ago. And he's starting a left tackle for them. That is bad news, especially when you're going up against them boys, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and uh, all those guys on that defensive line. Malik Jackson, those bangers, those monsters. Um, the bangers and mash. 
I don't think you can start a pass catcher in this game for the Redskins. Get used to saying, yeah, I actually, you know what? Save time, record that. We'll just throw that in every week. <laughs> we the Redskins. Yeah. Um, if I have to start one, I guess I'd say Trey Quinn. But I mean, the, the Eagles even have Avante Maddox there, who's a good slot corner in his rookie year last year. But Keenum has always been a slot wide receiver guy. So if I'm going to go with anyone, it's going to be the slot receiver. Am I going to start Trey Quinn anywhere? I'm good. Um, Case Keenum, you're not starting him. Uh, even yeah. if, even if you're in a even if you're in a two quarterback league, I don't even think he cracks QB two. So nah. if you're in a two quarterback league and you have Case Keenum, that's a below average starter. The over one, under 105 yards. The, I think a little over because the yeah. one player that I think will do well because of just as the 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 waves and as the the, the cavalry come at Case Keenum. One of the most underrated and forgotten about players in the NFL every single year, Chris Thompson. I I love this guy. One of the notes that you made about preseason week three when you tweeted it out, I think we're forgetting how slippery Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson is. The dude's slippery. And if he's playing this team, I like, I like Chris Thompson to make some noise, maybe even score a touchdown this game. Second most receptions to running backs last year, the Eagles allowed. So... Um, we're probably in the minority because Darius Geis was named the starter, I believe, or he's first on the depth chart, in saying that Chris Thompson is our preferred Redskins running back. We'll talk about Geis in a second. Just, just I look. agree with you. Yeah. I prefer him over Geis. I agree. What about Geis and AP? The answer is just no. Like what? It, really? We, no? Like you don't think that Geis could maybe sneak out an RB3 performance? No. Why are you so confused about that? I, I mean, a what, lot of what people are him. What's an RB3 performance? Why do you want that? Like, if you want to throw him in your flex, go for it, sure, I guess. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you're He's not a rookie it. running back. We've never seen him do anything. And the Eagles' run defense isn't awful. They're probably going to be down quick, so they're going to have to pass. AP is still there stealing carries for who knows what reason. I don't want to touch those guys. Yep, good point. Let's move on now to Minnesota and Atlanta. Um this Minnesota Vikings offense, let's start on this side. They bring back basically everyone. Um, their newest addition is not even a skill player or someone that's going to be fantasy relevant. It's going to be uh, Garrett Bradbury, their rookie center. How could he improve that offensive line? Of course, Dalvin Cook is the name that everyone wants to talk about. But let's start on the outside with the wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Um, even you could throw Kyle Rudolph in there. Atlanta has been uh, terrible against the pass the last few years. I'm starting both these guys, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Falcons are planning to move safety DeMonte KZ into the slot corner this year. So he's playing a completely new game. Welcome to the new position, KZ. Adam Thielen's your first opponent. Woo! That should be fun. Yeah, so that's not a good... Thing to do there and then Stefan Diggs one of the only receivers to average over double digit targets last season they're going to get theirs it's a two horse game there with Cook running the ball um, Vikings the at Falcons, home too which exactly. Vikings always play better at home yeah and then the Vikings are a team who I mean the Falcons are a team who you want to attack through the air so uh, start Thielen and Dix. They're both wide receiver ones. Yeah, that's the we've never made it easier. Another thing that Atlanta has struggled with historically is guarding the running back out of the backfield. Dalvin Cook, Jason 
uh, on the um, Brodo Heat Wave. And thanks to everyone who checked out the Brodo Heat Wave. Got us to enough subscribers to have our own YouTube channel. Cheap plug, youtube.com uh, slash Brodo Fantasy. Custom Earl is in. Um, and you can get a whole bunch of videos there. Today, obviously, Michael's not here and Jason's over the phone. So we're not going to be doing video, but expect video from us. Um, also, follow at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram and Twitter. Also, the newest Brodo um, site, at Brodo Network, where we can get more. You're going to have more fun stuff, more like clips, less fantasy-oriented, but still oriented with fantasy, um, sometimes with some clips on there. So it'll be fun. Go check that out. Um, let's talk about Dalvin Cook, though. Against the team that is historically bad against the, the receiver out of the backfield, running back receiver out of the backfield, also historically bad um, against the running back in general. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, is a locked and loaded top six running back this this week if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, at the moment, I have him um, top 10 at eight. I'm probably, I might even move him up more. He he had 49 targets last year, and he played in 11 in games. So that's a lot of targets we're going to see for him. Uh, Garrett Kubiak, outside zone run scheme. That's where Dalvin Cook has been the best in his young career. A lot of things to like about Dalvin Cook this season. Really, the injuries um, were baked into his ADP as a second rounder. But the upside is there, and there's no better game than this one for Dalvin Cook to start the season off on the right foot. Uh, A lot of injuries on the Falcons' side last year. So you take this with a grain of salt, but their pass defense um, was not very good last year. So with that being said, uh, how do you like Kirk Cousins in this one? He's a wide receiver uh, quarterback to mid-range a little bit. If, if you're going to stream someone, if you have to stream someone, um, he's a decent streaming option. It's not a tough matchup. It's just that it's a great matchup for Dalvin Cook. We know the Vikings want to run the ball more. So it's enough for, you know, Thielen and Diggs can both be wide receiver two ones, and Kirk Hudson can still not be a quarterback one because all you, his work is going to go to those guys. You saw that a lot last year. Kirk Cousins yeah. was very rarely a quarterback one, but Thielen and Diggs were our wide receiver ones week in week out exactly and cousins always has that potential and always sneak in a rushing touchdown every here and there but i think it's a decent dalvin cook game um also vikings are at home which means that it might not necessarily be a shootout uh teams don't necessarily come into minnesota and score a lot of points so cousins is a decent quarterback two option i don't love him as a qb one uh, they were 27th against the pass last year. Were Atlanta and I, I a lot of it, injuries though. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. So you you have to take that with a grain of salt for sure. Um, did I forget anyone on this side? Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph just keeps on trucking. Uh, <laughs> extended him to a four-year deal right when they drafted Irv Smith, and you thought that Irv Smith was the future. You can start Kyle Rudolph if you want. Um, but what did he really do last year? He never really ended a game with more than, I don't know, four points last year. <laughs> he was awful. And Keanu, Neal's, uh, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, decent options back there to guard the tight end. Talked about how it's really a three-headed horse, this offense. I'm not starting by Rudolph. One of the best-kept secrets in football this year is that the Falcons' offensive line um, – May not be very good. PFF has them as 22nd coming into the year. Um, as of last, uh, as of yesterday, uh, according to according to uh, Kelsey Conway, uh, AtlantaFalcons.com reporter, their starting right guard 
and left guard are still undecided. Um, if they're looking at rookies maybe in those positions. So if there was anything that's going to stop a Falcons high-flying offense, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league um, in, in recent memory. So with that being said, let's go over to the quarterback, Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, much better at home than on the road. He's on the road here. How do you like Matt Ryan? You know, I wasn't huge on the Matt Ryan train coming into the season. Like, yeah, he plays in a lot of domes. And yeah, all right, he could be a back-end quarterback. One, I had him around that range. But when you talk about him being in a dome, you don't mention that the dome is in Minnesota, somewhere where you don't want your quarterback to be. So when it comes to stuff like that, Matt Ryan, can you really confidently start him this week? I say no. I'm going to back out of it. Um, I think three quarterbacks last season scored over like 15 points against the Vikings at home. It's not a matchup that you want. Speaking of matchups you want, Julio Jones, start him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there any wide receivers? How do you feel about Kevin Ridley um, in this one? I don't love Ridley. Um, of course, we have Xavier Rhodes, Shadow and Julio Jones. And then we got Trey Waynes on the other side. The thing is that Trey Waynes is not necessarily always going to be playing man defense on Calvin Ridley. The Vikings also run into zone a lot, even if um, Rhodes is blocking a guy. And Calvin Ridley's best in his career against man defense, uh, not necessarily zone defense. And I just don't think that Calvin Ridley is that good. I'm on the record saying that for a while now. And this isn't a game where I'm excited to start him. No, I, 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 you're making great points, Jason, but uh, it's going to be hard to say Calvin Ridley because you drafted him to be your wide receiver too. Oh, yeah, I know. And that's why I don't have him on my team. <laughs> but if you draft him as a wide receiver too, you're going to start him, and it could be a good game. Uh, Trey Williams is no, no shutdown corner, but I don't love it. Mackenzie Alexander is good if he comes out of the slot. Good slot corner. Well, Muhammad Sanu is probably going to be in the slot, so I'm sure. avoiding him there. What about Sanu? I mean, I'm avoiding him this week. You basically avoid Sanu every week. The best quarterback in the history of football is just a nice safety net option for Matt Ryan. He'll make a play every now and again. He's a better real-life piece by the way jason said the best quarterback in the history of football because he has a perfect passer rating if i'm not mistaken right on end yeah. rounds um yeah. muhammad sanu is one of those guys where like he's on your waiver wire and you have a you're ravaged by injuries or you have two buys and you're wide starting wide receiver and you're like all right i'm gonna take a chance on sanu i feel like he's the perfect guy for that he's like the official he's like a seesaw player he's he's in he's out he's in he's out uh the return of your guy Devonte freeman it, well, well, Why is he um, my guy. Didn't you love him going into drafts? Didn't you draft him, or is that Michael? No, I. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. You really guys are love twins. Him. Sometimes I, you know, I get it confused. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Devonte Freeman, though the 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 anticipated return of Devonte Freeman, one of the best ever, ever fantasy like values in that year that he was great. Uh, he was getting drafted so low, and he ended up being one of the best players. So a lot of people still have good, fond memories of that year. Hasn't been the same since that year, though. How do you feel about Devontae Freeman against a Vikings defense who has a long history of being great, but with that being said, uh, wasn't great last year, um, particularly against the run. I'll get up their ranking in just a second um, because my computer is being slow. Um, but 
yeah, they were not great against the run last year. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I mean, they were pretty great in limiting yardage. And yardage is something that's underrated um, when looking at fantasy. Touchdowns are a little bit unpredictable. They, they are more predictable. They were exactly 15, so exactly in the middle of the field, averaging 113 rushing yards per game uh, last year. All right, so I guess they gave up a decent amount of touchdowns to be middle. I The Vikings have had a pretty good defense last year. I'm pretty sure only a couple of guys passed over 90 yards on the ground last year. So I'm sure there are a couple uh, two-headed monster backfields in Minnesota having some success. But this isn't a great matchup for Freeman. I just don't love this matchup. For the Falcons in general, if you draft a Freeman, you're throwing him out there. Hopefully, as a running back two rather than your running back one, because I think this is a week where he will be a running back two. The yardage might be there so that it's not going to kill you. Um, it's definitely not going to be a blow up game for Freeman. Uh, because we talk about all fantasy viable players, Edo Smith, any chance that he becomes Tevin Coleman? I don't think so. I think that uh, Edo Smith is probably going to lose his job before he come, becomes Tevin Coleman. Oh. Hot take. Um, and Austin Hooper, one of the guys that a lot of people thought were going to break out. Um, how do you feel about Austin Hooper? Again, the Vikings defense was pretty good against tight ends last year. And I don't think this is going to be a great game for the Falcons in general. Austin Hooper, I believe, has been better at home than um, on the road in his career, which makes sense because Matt Ryan is better at home. So this isn't a game where I'm excited about starting Hooper, but you probably just have to start him because of the tight end landscape. Man, the Vikings are just everything about them screams middle of the pack, and uh, I mean the the Falcons. Everything about them screams middle of the pack. Fifteenth against the tight end in DVOA last year. So everything about the, the 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 they're just like every other Atlanta team. The Hawks, the Braves. Although the Braves are fucking good this year until this year, uh, they're just like eh, they're pretty good. All right. Um, so let's finish off our slate for this episode. Remember, we're coming with you with back-to-back episodes for the second half of the slate. The last game we're going to talk about here, Titans at the Browns. Um, the Brownies, one of the one of the, the love teams uh, that everyone seems to love. Um, let's start with them. Baker Mayfield, that quarterback, is he going to come out and light the world on fire? Jay, I know he's one of your favorite guys. Oh, I love me some Baker. Uh, even and just in real life, he's just a great football player. He's going to do great things in his career. But this isn't the week that I love it, and I know that it seems odd because the Titans aren't a great defense, but I mean team, but I feel like that's why. Uh, the Titans aren't a great team, and I think the Browns are going to come out and absolutely destroy them. Uh, I genuinely believe that's what's going to happen. I think the Titans are awful. I think Marcus Mariota is the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. I'm exaggerating, but he's awful. As I say, it's damn. Uh, I think that Cleveland being favored by five and a half points is a joke. I take that every day. Uh, so that's my issue here. Um, I think you're sleeping on the Titans, man. I think the Titans are good. I think they're trash. But um, my issue here is that is Baker Mayfield going to be in a competitive environment enough to stack up points in the second half? But um, the Titans defense isn't super great. You're, you're firing up as a QB1. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. But I, I don't think that it's, it's like – definitely written in stone that the game script's not going to favor the Titans. I think the Titans have a chance to win this game. Uh, I think they I have mean, a good chance. Agree to disagree. I mean, I'm in the minority here, but that's why people listen, because we take we, we say things that not everyone says. <laughs> Let's go to the outside. Here's one thing that everyone's saying that we're going to say, too. Odell Beckham Jr. is about to have a monster game. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a monster game. 
um, a lot of times this season. There's really who's gonna block him? Malcolm Butler or Dory Jackson? Psych. <laughs> so let's all right. So let's talk about <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Jarvis Landry in the slot going up against Logan Ryan, uh, one of the better slot corners in the league. Um, how do you like Jarvis Landry in this game? Yeah, uh, Ryan is one of the better slot corners. Not necessarily where you want to attack the Titans. Uh, Titans through the slot, you're gonna want to attack them on the outside, uh, where Rashard Higgins will be opposite of Odell Beckham, where that's going to be an interesting piece there because Antonio Callaway is suspended. Jarvis Landry is someone who you're hoping... Landry, you need volume um, more than quality. You need some quantity as well, and Mayfield will provide the quality. But will Landry see enough work? I don't necessarily see that happening. Landry's no more than a wide receiver three this week. Uh, And what about Rashad Higgins? Are you taking a chance on him throwing a dart? Uh, Rashard Higgins is a decent flex play option. Uh, Jason loves him some Rashard Higgins, man. I do. And when Jason gets little boners for people, the the boners usually hit the target. <laughs> Just like Jason's real life boners. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Patrops, you always slang it. <laughs> um, let's go over to the tight end slot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> David Njoku. Is there enough balls to go around to make David Njoku a fantasy viable option, not only in this game, but for the remainder of the season? That's going to be the question all year, right? Are there enough to go around? In this game, I'm going to say no. The Titans were good against tight ends last year. Um, they only let Zach Ertz was the only person to score um, over like eight points against them in the beginning of the year. They packed chip. They got destroyed by Ebron and Ingram to end the year. But in the beginning of the year, Zach Ertz was the only one that had success against the Titans. There's a lot to go around in Cleveland. I don't love Njoku in this matchup. I think that the game script's not going to be there. That's my take. Let's talk about a guy that I love, Nick Chubb. Um, The consensus on Nick Chubb, I went to Europe and Nick Chubb was going in the middle of the second round. I came back from Europe and I did a mock draft and he was going fifth overall on Yahoo. So obviously people were warming up to Nick Chubb. Um, All the writing is on the wall there. Nick Chubb, they traded Duke Johnson. I mean... Uh, Kareem Hunt just got surgery on top of the fact that he's not going to be eligible to come back to week 10. This backfield belongs to Chubb. This team believes in Chubb, and I think Chubb has a ridiculous game. I think he's a locked and loaded RB1 this game. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of Chubb's going to go around when they see what Chubb does this week. <laughs> when you're talking about game script, as I've talked about, you, you talk about the running back. And uh, the Titans, they were decent against the run last year, but that's kind of just because... I don't even know. I don't know why the Titans were decent at anything last year. Man, the Titans have a good team, bro. Team. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're just being a hater. Uh, probably. Yo, Jarrell you know Casey Sometimes on the inside. They hater. added Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake is a good fucking player. Yo, Look, Kevin Bard is, like, the man. Chubb's going to eat. Jay and Brown is a good, really good linebacker. They got Rashawn Evans. Like, yo, they got three good corners. They're not. All right, like, fine. They have an average defense. No. Chubb's going to eat. Oh, man, you're. All right, Chubb's going to eat, but you're bugging. You're you're a little too low on this Tennessee team. I mean, team. their their defense is the only reason why they stay in games, and it's a good defense. Yeah, it's a decent defense, but I think the Browns' offense is a, too much of a match for them. Let's go over to the other side. Um, let's go over to the quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, I mean, you're not starting Marcus Mariota. Absolutely not. I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter before we know it. I don't know, man. Did you? Fun fact: Marcus Mariota has the third best winning percentage against teams over 500. In the league, behind Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. 
Yeah, we just said the Titans have a good defense. What do you want me to say about that? I mean, you need more than a good defense to do that. The Ravens have a good defense. Joe Flacco doesn't have that stat. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say about that. Mario, it's trash. <laughs> All right, let's go to the pass catchers then. Uh, Corey Davis, your favorite guy, is going to be shadowed by Denzel Ward probably, so you're going to probably want to stay away from him, but I'll get Jason's thoughts on that in a, in a second. I kind of like Adam Humphreys to make his first um, – Little Mark, I think he's going to be on a lot of waiver shows uh, next week. Might even be on our waiver show. Um, by the way, Brodo.com. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Please, if you'd like to donate to us or you know give us some money, uh, we'd really like that. We want to continue doing this, and the more money we make, the more we can put into this. Um, if you want... The, one of the extras is the waiver wire show. So we'll come at you with a waiver wire show, giving you our waiver picks and who we think is the best waivers. So if you want that waiver wire stuff, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Adam Humphrey is one of those guys who I think could be on that waiver show. How do you feel about the pass catchers in Tennessee? Um, I think that Corey Davis is set up to disappoint. We've seen that targets to him aren't that aren't that valuable. Hashtag true throw values, BrotoFantasy.com. And when it comes to Adam Humphreys, he has a better matchup, but the issue is that what's he going to do out of the slot? Catch five passes, go for 50 yards, four passes, 40 yards, something like that is what we're going to see from Humphreys. You're going to need a touchdown there. I'd stay away from tight ends pass catchers this week. Um, What about Delaney Walker? I mean, Delaney Walker is a decent option. Uh, Whenever Delaney Walker has been healthy in his career, he has made plays. And if the Titans have to pass a lot, and I'm not thinking that the wide receivers are going to do much, then Delaney Walker becomes a decent option. Uh, they ranked ninth in DVOA, did Cleveland last year against the uh, the tight end, but at the same time, they don't have the best uh, covering linebackers. Um, Olivier Vernon on the outside, and then Christian Kirksey uh, on that uh, weak side linebacker. So, I mean, strong, sorry, strong side linebacker. So, eh, that's, it. that's that's a tough one. I think that Delaney Walker might have some some success. All right, let's move over to Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry, for the first time last year, you saw Derrick Henry being used correctly. He is a speed back in a bruiser's back's body. Um, there's really no other way to put that. So uh, I think that Derrick Henry eats this game. I think he eats in a lot of games. What say you? Oh, and and what about Deion Lewis as well, who last week, last year came out in week one and kind of lit the world on fire and then kind of pooped the bed the rest of the year. Uh, do you think Deion Lewis has a chance to come out and kind of catch five passes? Interesting that you love Henry this week. Um, Typically, he needs game script to be in his favor to be a great play. That's not going to be the case here, Um, as I've stressed multiple times. I think but that that I'm not I'm not on board with you on that. What's the line? What's the Vegas line? You have those open five and a half. Hmm. Interesting. What's the over it's under? A decent, it's a decent spread. What's the over under? Over under is 45 and a half. OK, I like Derrick Henry. So they're projecting like 25-20, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, I mean, if they're going to score, it's going to be through Derrick Henry. And if they're going to try to keep the game close, they're going to try to run the clock. You know, the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, the Cowboys defense is good because they use Ezekiel Elliott to keep the clock going. Blah, 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 old you say that, blah, 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 but it's the truth. All right, yeah, fine. Running backs are replaceable. So if they're going to do something... um to compete, it's going to be with Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry's a decent RB, too. All he's do is plop him his way into the end zone. <laughs> Deion Lewis, I'm not I'm not touching, though, with a 1,800-foot pole. 1,800? That's a big-ass pole. Yeah, I mean, last I like year, long poles. Last year, <laughs> last year, Deion Lewis 
Um, not Deion Lewis, I'm sorry. Cleveland, <laughs> 17th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. So not a great matchup, but not a bad matchup either. Kind of just a middle-of-the-pack matchup. So if you're desperate, I guess Deion Lewis is the play, but uh, definitely not suggesting it. Is that it? Did we do it? Well, we've we've talked about the Titans, and um, I'm I'm tired of talking about football now because they're disgusting. So I think we're good. <laughs> I'll never be tired about talking about football. We have a whole other episode, so you better be ready. We're coming Woo! at you with part two. Uh, you can listen to it probably right after this. Um, but yes, uh, please go to BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto. Again, that's BrotoFantasy.com for that stat, true throw value that Jason just gave, where he's going to be updating that stat all of this year to let you know how the true throw values are coming along in 2019 as well. Again, that means the true throw value, how much a quarterback's throw is worth, how much a receiver's target is worth. Incomplete, complete, doesn't matter. Um, How much is it worth when it comes out? Uh, Also, please uh, visit our sponsors, Red Cup News. Uh, Red Cup News, again, is the best source for college football out there. Go to them because they have their fingers on the pulse of college, not ESPN, who kind of just like talks about the three good players on the team and all the top 25 schools. And No, they have coverage of every single school. Uh, they have local coverage. They have national coverage. Go check out Red Cup News. Also, Thrive Fantasy. We love these guys over at Thrive Fantasy. I uh, actually met them at a, uh, at a meet and greet, and the dude that runs it is a super hard worker, grinder, really cool guy. Um, and we partnered together because we did, we just straight up dug each other's vibes, um, and we dig his app. And that app is Thrive Fantasy, uh, thrivefantasy.com on the computer, Thrive Fantasy on the app store. Put in Brodo, I mean, uh, promo code, not Brodo code, promo code Brodo to get $10 free when you deposit $10 or more. That's right. 10 free bucks that you could turn into 20 real quick. 10 to 20 real quick, real fucking quick. To quote Drake. Jason, where can they find you? Jason Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. And to get a little bit of the lighter side of Brodo, Brodo Network on Instagram. Give that a follow. Until next time, see you. Later.